I'm going to teach you a game, David. My oh. grandpa used to play this game with me. Don, what is the game you're going to teach me? It's called Tard Mouth. Don, what is Tard Mouth? And, well, that's Southern for Tired Mouth. Don, what's Southern? I'm going to kick you in the face. Here's Don, the game. why do you want to kick me in the face? I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. I know you've got a couple years on me, but I'm gonna I want to give you some advice. I've got like I've like 14 years on you, 15 years on you. Is that what it is? Well, you're 42. I'll be 43 in a week's time. Okay, so then I have 13 years on you because I'm 56. It's great, 13, my lucky number, perfect. But I want to give you some advice. All right, bring the advice. I'm interested to hear your advice. And I, I don't want even you to know like, what you're advising me on. Yeah, but and I, I, I really, really think it's important that you listen to this. Cause I don't want you to be like, I, oh, whatever, just himmel, no, you know, right hey, in his mouth know, or whatever this right, 13, hey, you right know, 13 now, years younger kid of, of mine says. Uh, a, a month ago, my life was blown to bits. So I'm, I'm listening to everybody's advice at this point. So yeah, bring it up. So my advice to you, Don, is... Don't get married. <laughs> don't dude. Don't not have gonna kids. Happen. Don't not have gonna kids. Do that. Don't get dogs. Don't settle. Don't don't allow yourself to be domesticated. I, I just I've been so tired for a long time and just drained of energy and in a way that I've never felt before. And I was talking to Katie about it this morning. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, is it the weather? Is it, is I, it, it has to be something more than just parenthood. It has to be. Cause like, I can't allow myself just like, Oh, I'm just one of those average Joe's like, Oh, parenthood is hard. And it's exhausting. And like, you lose several years of your lives of, of your life until the kids get older and they can handle themselves and the dogs get figured out. And you, you know, the early years of parenthood is, is a transition period as things are changing very quickly. And Katie's like, yeah, like this is the, this is the hard part. I'm like, well, maybe I should like, should I smoke less weed or drink less? And cause like, I try to like, I exercise and I, I try to eat right. And I think I do a pretty good job of that. And, but I'm just so drained and uninterested. And I just, I will, I refuse to chalk it up to my life. My life is just too exhausting for me to live my life. David, as someone who has 13 years on you, mm. allow me to give you some advice. Oh, all right. Just, look, man, just because I said you had a nice shirt doesn't mean you have to say I have a nice shirt. Okay, like that's no, not I'm what this not, is. I'm not, I'm not saying you have a nice shirt, although your shirt... Yeah, you're wearing a fucking hoodie. So what are you, 12? Anyway, um, <laughs> what? you know, like fucking, you know, teen skater punk. I'm going to wear a hoodie. Grow up. Anyway, grown hey, men buddy. don't wear hoodies. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg wears so a hoodie, my, and that's good enough yeah, for and, me. And he's not even actually a human, so give me a fucking <laughs> break. All right. So anyway, um, here's my advice, and, and I, I want you to take this in the best spirit. Oh, God. You and my ex-wife are similar in a few ways. We're similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And yeah. I just I just posted last Thursday uh, uh, another one of the the short stories. Mm -hmm. It's called the it's called the Minotaur and the Mermaid. Love it. And and what because you know that was one of our that was like a poem she wrote mm -hmm. uh, that I was the Minotaur and she was the mermaid. So I thought, well, let's revisit that sort of like the scorpion and the frog mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that, you know, I mean, there's a million reasons why I can say that my marriage kind of blew up. Like for me, for me, overnight. For her, it took a couple of years. 
She's been. Hang on, I want. I, I have on. to. I have no. to argue that point because I think for her, if she had her druthers, it never would have blown up. She'd have kept well, playing no. the game she'd been playing. I, well, I understand. So, it. I understand right. it, and I and I agree with you. I agree with you. She even confirmed that at one point. But what I will say is, one of the things that uh, that I always found very juvenile about my wife, ex-wife. Um, but I understood Was that you had it. 13 years on her? <laughs> no, no. was that she got bored very easily. Yeah. And, and for her, the worst thing she could endure was being bored. Mm-hmm. And as soon, as soon as things became less interesting to her, um, and I'm going to read you just a bit. I'm just going to read you a, a, just a slice um, a slice of the story. It's uh, Carl, the Minotaur. And uh, she says, Carl, she whispered, I wonder what it would be like to be joined with you. Joined? Together. More serious than dating. Committed to one one another. Would you like that? Yes. Yes, I'd like that very much. I have to warn you, Carl. I'm a mermaid. (laughs) We mermaids are a capricious bunch. If I agree to this, there are a few rules you'll need to follow. First, I am an ocean creature, so I'll leave you here alone for stretches at a time, and you cannot ask me where I've been or what I've been doing. You'll have to trust me. Can you trust me? Trust is not earned, it is given. I can give you my trust. Second, it is in my nature to take without giving. I do not receive gifts well because you won't be able to understand what I want on any given day. Do not try to surprise me with presents. I know what I want and I will take those things and discard anything I don't want without regard for your feelings. Do you like gift cards? Yes. (laughs) Gift cards with gift receipts are fine. Okay, I think I can handle that. With gift receipts. A gift receipt for a gift card. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Third, and here's where the advice is. Third, you are not my type. I will want to change a few things about yourself to keep me interested and avoid my getting bored with you. If I get bored, I get bored very easily. Being bored is the worst thing ever. If I get bored, I will have no choice but to destroy you. I'm a mermaid, and that is in my nature. And here's the thing that I will say. I don't think your exhaustion is anything more than 17-year-old boredom. You've, you've settled in... You've settled into a routine, yeah. And here's and here's the thing, and and and, and it is one of those things because I don't think you're suffering. You know, it's just you're bored. You you said it. You're not interested, mm-hmm. and it is a, incumbent upon you, as a husband, as a father, and as a grown man, to find find more interest in your home life. Because what I know about you is that you work. I would I would guess I'm gonna guess you probably work for August Wilson um, probably 80 hours a week would you say that's an accurate statement about 80 hours a week 65 no. 70 70 no. it's no it's it's not that it, it averages yeah between 40 and 50 on average um, okay so so you're not overworking okay, I, but, but I do I, but I do have but I never the hear highest you talk, u, uh, yeah. utilization hours. Okay, over anybody, ever any other but creative director. So yeah. here, here's yeah. the thing to think yeah. about, and I want you yeah. to think about this: is that I never hear you complain about how much work you're doing. What your complaints are usually centered around is your family. Now, what I've discovered, <laughs> yeah, what, did you, yeah, and what, did you and listen what to I, the opening of this show? I, I did, and I've yeah. listened to all of our shows. And yeah. one of the things that I recognized is uh, in this last week was that I did go home to Kansas last podcast was in Kansas and what was really great is it's so easy and that's one of the things I realized it's really easy to take family for granted mm-hmm. and is, part yeah. of that is part of that is because they're familiar because they're easy to ignore because you know they're going to be there <laughs> that kind of stuff but one of the things that I, I recognized was that in my time of need my family fucking stood the fuck up you know they they yeah. they, they rallied for me and whether, you know, it's like sometimes I listen to my mom drone on about church. Am I interested in that shit? <laughs> Not even a fucking little bit. However, it is incumbent upon me as a, a, a quality man to listen attentively to my mom drone on about church. 
and God and Jesus because I love her, because when it was my time for when I had disaster happen, mom stepped the fuck up, made a lot of food. Yeah. It's like she, you know, and it's well, like, and, that's you know, what, and more than that, when you were three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you droned on about fucking everything, questions yeah. and nonsense and whatever. And she sat through it without putting a gun to her head. And well, one of my favorite, dude, one of my favorite stories when she was pregnant, preg- she's pregnant with my sister. Talk about church. Pregnant I just, with my I, sister. sorry, because Harry, if, yeah. and I'm whatever, the, whatever the other kid's name is, uh, yeah. if you guys are listening to this right now, look, uh, I've never wanted to put a gun on my head and kill myself because of your constant talking, because it is constant. It's constant. It never stops. What it is, is it's a. Uh, it's it's revenge what I did to my parents and my friends and perhaps even my listeners of just the constant flapping of the gums and the nonsense that comes out of it. So basically your kid's you. My kid is me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like I, I it, it's a weird and I think this is what I'm trying to figure out is my, my the boredom thing, like you're right. Like I, I do, I hate boredom, and I avoided it at all costs. So I will so learn to. So, so you right. need to to be a grown person. You have, I have to, to learn change. to handle yeah. boredom. Right. And 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 again, it's to me, it really is just a simple shift. It's a simple shift. It's. I was thinking on the drive it's, home. Instead of calling it boredom, call it call it rest or zen or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Because the thing about it is, boredom means that you have a, a, a an almost pathological need to be entertained at all times. Oh, it's and almost like you're the, like the fat, lazy Julius Caesar uh, yeah. job of the hut. Entertain me, you know, give me my Yeah, exactly. And, that, and, that, yeah. And, and what I can well, say about my ex-wife was that was something that I, I struggled with because she did. She needed to be entertained at all times. And at a certain point, I just wasn't... She was, the fat, she was the fat Roman queen who just wanted to lay there and be entertained. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, and if I wouldn't entertain her, she'd go out and get entertained otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I think that mine is because I don't want to be the fat, lazy Roman emperor with the palm fans and and the grapes being fed to me. I want to be, you know, Horatio Alger. I want to be the, I almost said Columbus. I don't want to be Columbus. Um, You don't really want to be Columbus. What explorer exists that isn't fucking terrible? There isn't one, I guess. But I want to be. That. I don't think they. Uh, Neil yeah, Armstrong, all terrible. Buzz Aldrin, I don't know. The yeah, astronauts, yeah, no, 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 whatever. No. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, you like, like the astronauts? You're so bigger than NASA. In the very, in the simplest way, like this is a very simple way. Like, I, and you and I have talked about this offline. I, I think. Yeah. Um, when I go for runs, I, I, my my neighborhood is great. It's fine. I, see how I? <laughs> it's great. It's fine. My yeah, neighborhood yeah, is fine. There's not a whole lot going around in this, going on in this neighborhood, and that's why we were able to afford a house in this neighborhood because there's not a shit ton of things happening. Yes. Yet, the gentrification is coming. You know, I'm I'm See, certain of it. But David, David, there's well, something very. It's again. I want to go but back. Wait, hang, and, hang on a and, second. I go hang back. on. The hang need on. for shit to be happening around you, so you can go to a bar, so you can go listen to music or whatever. The need to do this is rooted in. Your youth, it's in, it, in, and what I would say is, I think, you know, there's a million reasons why I think Dana and I split up. I do think there is definitely um, an element of midlife crisis going on where she's so desperately oh, her, afraid, yeah. with her, so desperately yeah. afraid of getting old and, and missing out on what she loved when she was a kid, this kind of stuff. That's why she dresses like she was did when she was, you know, 18. Um, and... And the thing is, you have a similar, you're at the same age. Yeah. It's that midlife crisis. It's that, what did I do with my life? Why have I not changed? What are the things, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is, here's what you have to do is you have to, you have to, you have to get this fucking bull by the horns and jam its fucking face in the goddamn dirt because. Yeah. The, the stories, again, the stories of, of, of people in their forties completely blowing their lives up in a pursuit of not getting old are as common as almost anything in the world. Right. And, and, and you don't want that. You don't, don't want that. No, I don't, more importantly, I don't want that. You don't want, you don't want Harry 
to have to endure no. your bullshit. No. no, absolutely not. You don't want Katie to have to endure your bullshit and everybody around Dude, you. So what 99% of the reason that I didn't want to, to date Katie seriously because I actually liked her and I knew that if, you know, like when she asked me to move in with her after uh, mm-hmm. almost a year of dating, I flipped my shit because I was like, well, that's that's not just a question of moving in. That's a question of forever for me because I was yeah. not going to move in with a girl just to see if it worked out. You know, like that meant moving in, marriage, kids, death, etc. Yeah. Because that's all that happens. Marriage, kids, death. That, that's, See, that's, that, that yeah. is not what happens, but that's where your mindset is. And here's and, what I'll say is be careful because I, I, there was a, I think, your favorite writer, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, oh, I love that guy. In one of his books, I can't remember which book this was. I think it was. The good I don't book? Remember. The one yeah, that's all, great? Yeah. All of them. Um, but basically he talks, it, it's basically look, talking to people who um, study marriage and divorce. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, 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 that they were very defined was a divorce is imminent when one or the other partner starts to disdain the behaviors of the other. Yeah. And it's that disdain that is the, that's the seed of divorce. And, 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 sure. yeah. and what I, what I, what I will encourage you to do is back up and find things. Cause I know you love Katie and I know yeah, you yeah. love and Harry I, and I, and I, know and you I have love the dogs. no interest. It's just, just back up and look at them with fresh eyes and say these are wonderful things about them because yeah, that's I, important. And I, I will say, like, I, I'll i make light of it. I joke about it. Like, I mean, I, I, I honestly believe this when I say it to people. Don't get married. Don't have kids if you want to maintain the life you have now and your own autonomy and freedom because mm-hmm. shit changes. But there are really great things that come with the domestication and, and I, and I'm doing these little things along the way, like the, what, what you talk about. Okay. So we have a couple things to cover cause you, you talked a lot and you covered a lot of stuff. So the, the, the whole point of the, the wheel and anchor tattoo that I got on my arm, like, yes, it's nautical themed and Oh, David's got a, boat and Harry doesn't have any poor friends like of course he doesn't and of course I do like I went to summer camp and I have no student loans <laughs> what am I gonna do with all that money I'm gonna buy a boat but the <laughs> but I the wheel and anchor came around long before when I was in when I was 20 years old I found a necklace in Mexico of a wheel and anchor and I got that because I was like oh boats and stuff but also the idea of, and this is what the tattoo stands for, the wheel Freedom. is seek adventure. Mm-hmm. Always seek adventure. And the anchor, don't get lost at sea. So it's that, it's that balance, right? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the hard part. Like seeking adventure is harder when you have a four-year-old well, at home and a de- newborn it, on the way. David, David, it depends on how you define, define adventure. adventure. Sure. Okay, right. Because but if adventure point, means going out and, and being risky and doing something stupid or doing something crazy, if that's all adventure means but to you. that's lost at sea. Yeah, to me, that is hard. lost at sea. Doing the dangerous, exactly stupid right. stuff is the lost at sea. The adventure is raising a human being. That's an adventure. The adventure that's is, an adventure. is but what being is the adventure? in love with your wife. That's oh. an adventure. But when you're when you're in a domesticated relationship, like I am, you do give up a lot of your autonomy and a lot of your solitude. So what are the what are what are the the the, the individual adventures I can go on? And it's small. And I was thinking yeah. about this the other day. So again, going back to my neighborhood, that my neighborhood is it's quiet, and that's why we moved out here because it's quieter. We've got more yard space, and there's things aren't as busy and it's just it's like better for the kid to learn to ride his bike where he's not going to get slaughtered by a car although there is an uh read the fucking news in chicago like there's an an intersection here that is just bike slaughtered walking guy walking got slaughtered by a car you know so there goes that whole thing but anyway my point is this i run around in my neighborhood and i think of like what's a different route i can take because if you remember when i first moved here i got lost all the fucking time. All the fucking time. So yeah. I found like three routes and I would not divert from them at all. But now I'm comfortable enough 
that I can branch out. But I'm going to start getting in my car and driving a mile or two or whatever it is to find uh, uh, route. the woods, uh, you know, whatever yeah. it is, LaBal Woods or whatever. And finding or going back to Wicker Park where it's a little busier and there's more people and there's just traffic just to shake up the routine of the workout. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And uh, also, I want I want you to keep in mind, and and that's one of the things that I've recognized. It's very funny, is uh, it because it, you're not the only uh, friend of mine that knows some of the uh, intricate details of my divorce. But one of the things that I think is very interesting, and I've been divorced two other times, so I I know what the phenomenon is. I've seen it happen. Um, is that when when someone you're some when a friend of yours gets divorced. Um, the first impulse is how can I, uh, like placate, how can I help this person? How can I show my support? And I think that's a good instinct. Well, if, if I was the kind of person that would wallow in it for the next six months, well, then that, that state is perpetual that it's like, I got to help Don out. Eventually you get fucking bored hearing the stories and all the shit and you just listen out of, you know, <laughs> that's just kind of how it works. I, but be- I gotta say that. During during your <laughs> two week long, yeah, I know misery of your the failure of your longest your longest marriage, right? No, no, it wasn't my longest marriage. Oh, okay, so so much. My first marriage was my longest marriage. How long was that one? Twelve. Twelve years. Yeah. God damn. All right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was thinking, you know, and I I, I think this is one of your I believe's. Uh, Shit, maybe it was one of the stories you wrote. I don't know. You wrote something. Yeah. That was, um, oh, fuck. What was it? Uh, I'm, I, the train left the track. Sorry. Uh, but I, I've been thinking, like, as this goes through, like, if anything happens to Katie and I. Yeah. And again, all kidding aside. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. no interest in you killing no my wife or divorcing her. I, I love her. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I know. You're just but, kind of venting, and that's what the podcast is for, so it's nothing wrong with that. And it's not even about Katie. Are. Like, Katie, Harry, the dogs, the house, the, all mm. of it, they're faceless. They are... Yeah. They're crash test dummies. They're anything. Yeah. It's... it's Yeah. The job is anything. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I wonder, like, at what point, if this happened to me... Yeah. Like I would 1000% you would be if not the first person one of the first people that I would call about the failure the 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 disillusion of of the yeah. whole of the whole thing. And then I wonder how long you would sit and listen cuz I guarantee you and I think you know this. Yeah. I would be in the 6 month Zone. Yeah, six months to a More year. Than and the, the thing about weeks. it is, yeah, <laughs> I would listen for as long. And and that's what that's the thing is. I think that's the sign of a good friend. I would listen. Joe's very interesting because Joe listened for a little while and then <laughs> he stopped. Well, he was still listening, but he was always kind of diverting. It's like I want to talk about something else. You know, mm, he didn't okay. say I'm bored. I've heard this shit. You know, he just kind of would divert it to something he was doing, which I thought is it, is it that he was bored or that he just ran out of shit to say. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but because I think that's is, what it was for me. Like I've had this is like this with, is what I see happening to yeah. men that I know that know this and have heard my story, and it's there. There are two reactions. One is after the because I like I said I'm I'm jumping. I'm already I'm yeah, already yeah, yeah. I'm on the road to recovery kind of thing because that's the Irish in me. But um, one is they start thinking: Is my marriage okay? A thousand percent. I think I told you yeah. when, when you then, told yeah. Katie the full story yeah. that night. Yeah, we hung up. We hung up the phone with you, and immediately was like, we were like, "Are we okay? Are, are, are we good? Where are we at? Are we? Do you want? If this happened to one of us, how would we handle yeah. it? Are, do we exactly. want that? Okay, oh, we're good. Yeah. Okay. And then I didn't tell you this at the time. Oh, but maybe some of the best sex of our marriage. Okay, there you go. See, and that's okay. So that's a good thing. Like, now the second, yeah. the second response, the second response. So is thank you for that because the just, weirdest thing I was thinking about you the whole time. Well, of course, because I'm one sexy motherfucker. Indeed. Um, but you know, but the other thing, the other reaction, other than is our marriage okay, is the inevitable. Fucking Don's got all his autonomy back. Don can drive to his parents' house. 
all by himself. Don can smoke in the house again. Don has his own apartment. <laughs> Don, oh, what if I could have all that? And that is a dangerous place for people well, to go. See, my, my one thing with that is, and I haven't said this to you yet, but the smoking thing. To Dana's credit, she made you quit yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. And you switched to pipes. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, the Uncle Buck joke. Yeah, I quit I quit smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. On a, I'm on the cigars now. It's a five-year plan. I'm on the cigars and whatever that yeah. joke is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to drag your ass for smoking cigarettes. It's Oh, no. Whatever. Well, the thing but about like, it is I, I, I'd rather I literally bought my last and just get well, like I've, throat and mouth cancer. I, well, but, here's the thing. I bought my last pack of cigarettes. I, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you this because it's Yeah, true. I, bought I bought my, my last my pack last... of cigarettes a couple times. No, I bought my last pack of cigarettes in this round. I mean, I'm sure at some point, maybe later, I'll just go, I need cigarettes. But I recognize two things about the smoking of cigarettes. Number one, this is really more kind of a juvenile response to mm-hmm. the fact that, that, that I was shamed into not smoking cigarettes. And yeah, it's, it's the dryer so sheets. That, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. But the other thing I recognize is that fucking smoking cigarettes is fucking expensive. It's so expensive. Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, the difference between pipe tobacco and buying cigarettes is the difference between like $300 a month. When I was in so, high school, I was over at my buddy's house, the Joneses' house. Uh, my best my best buddies, Will and Carrie Jones, uh, they were like a year apart, lived across the street from that. I was very close to their family. Um, and their dad, I, I remember how it came up, probably because he knew that we all smoked. And he was like, you know, I smoke cigarettes and I would drive over to Indiana to get them because they were cheaper in Illinois. And then when Indiana bumped up their prices, I quit because yeah. it was too goddamn expensive to smoke cigarettes. So I quit. And I don't know what you guys, kids are paying for it now, but it's too goddamn expensive to smoke. So quit smoking. And our takeaway from that was, well, how, how much were you paying for cigarettes? And he said, when they put them up to two bucks a pack, I quit. Two bucks a pack. Jesus Christ! Right now, Jesus Christ! I'll start Christ. smoking yeah. just for the fuck of it. That sounds like a goddamn investment. That but, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but now so, they're they're too they're too expensive, and and that's the thing is I I, I drove to Kansas, I drove back, um, and smoked in the car with the window yeah. down, you know that kind of thing. See, that always but annoyed I, me because you get the ash all over your car, and I never wanted that. And well, the thing about it is, it's like I did it, and, and that's the thing. It's like I I realized today. Um, I, this is the last pack of cigarettes I'm going to buy because it's so motherfucking expensive. And right now, um, in terms of my finances, it's like, I gotta be, I gotta yeah. be a little more focused. I gotta That's be a little, cut, little, yeah. little uh, a little bit more focused. So I did, I, I, I try really hard among all the chaos to sit and, and calm and like, just to recognize the whirlwind around me. Even if it's of my own making. And here's an example. So tonight, I had a, my, it, was, it was my turn to pick up Harry from school. I pick him up. And, you know, God love the kid. Like, he, is, he really is a wonderful little son of a bitch. He's, he's smart. He's funny. He's inquisitive. Uh, and he never shuts the fuck up. And we're on the way. We're driving, out, we're driving home. And he's talking about... I, God knows what, like a lot of his nonsense and whatever else. Some of it makes sense and it's boring. It's, you know, stuff about sc- boring for adults, right? Yeah. School. Sure. What is learning at school? He's learning about paper. And he was like, you know, trees make paper, whatever. Fascinating shit to hear a, a four year old talk about. Uh, but oh my God, it's just constant talking and reaction. And, and, and kids do this thing where they go, Daddy? You go, yeah, Harry. Can we do this? Yeah. Daddy? Like, every every question or every statement begins with your name or your title. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you a game, David. My okay. grandpa used to play this game with me. Don, what is the game you're going to teach me? It's called Tard Mouth. Don, what is Tard Mouth? And well, that's southern for tired mouth. Don, what's southern? I'm gonna kick you in the face. Don, why do you want to kick me in the face? This is this is what my grandpa used to do, and I I didn't figure it. Don, is your grandpa dead? Yeah, 
And he would say, he would say, Donnie, John, we're gonna, how we're gonna did play Tarbuff. I'm gonna punch you in the face right through this computer screen. He said, uh, he'd say, all right, Donnie, I want you to sit there and uh, and whoever speaks first, whoever says the first word, loses. Yeah. And he really made the stakes big that whoever spoke lost, and that losing was the fucking worst thing ever. Don. And then then don't he would say sit. Fucking. Yeah, and then he would sit with his newspaper and sit on the couch and read his newspaper, and I would sit on the edge of the couch on the other side waiting for him to make a noise. And just to keep me interested, about every couple of minutes, he'd, he'd pull the paper down and look at me and go, hmm? Mm-hmm, yeah. And then go back to reading his paper. He could do that for fucking 45 minutes. He'd get the whole paper read before he would finally lose and then congratulate me on winning, and I would get a prize. Great. And I'm telling you, it was the greatest way to get me to my shut the fuck up because I was the yappiest motherfucker you ever met in your life. My grandfather had, had a similar thing, and I've tried this with Harry, and I realized why it doesn't work with Harry because my grandfather only did it when me and my brothers and or cousins were all together. And it was called The Silence is Golden Game. Uh... And Poppy would say, because we were all, all the kids were members of the Pals Club. If you're a pal, Poppy is president of the Pals Club and all the kids are, were pals. And pals look out for each other and pals are nice to each other and pals share things. You know, it was this game of authority. Like, my grandfather was genius in his manipulation of his grandchildren. And one of the games he played is he would say, All right, guys or whatever, uh, silence is golden. It's a truth that is olden. No one talks and no one speaks. And all of us would shut the fuck up hard. Right? There's your adventure. Thing, There's right. your adventure so, with Harry. Figure out that game with Harry and then so you've solved your problem. I've, I've done that with him. We have a pals club, but it doesn't work. It'll be curious to see how it works when his when his brother comes along, when the when the baby yeah. is born, and the baby becomes a person, uh, because now it's just like Harry, the dogs, and Katie. And when I do the silence is gold, it's truth is old, no one talks, no one speaks. Getting Katie to not talk. God bless her, you know her feminist instinct is. I'm not playing your game, white man husband. I will talk when I you know. So it's it's not the same kind of thing. But the other, to go back to the idea of like finding the adventure in the mundane or the, like I'm, I'm trying so hard not to get caught up in the bullshit that is my life that I hate so I don't become the Dana of like, oh my God, I chose this and I hate it. Blech. So, you know, Katie is in her third trimester, so she's... What is the math on that? Six months pregnant-ish. Yep, ish. And we've we've got this thing where you you know a a you know over the over the counter, uh, you know sonogram, whatever, where you can listen to the baby. And I said to Harry, he was just wiling out about his brother. And I said, Harry, do you want to listen to him? Let's let's ask him some questions. Let's talk to him. You know. So, you know, we squirt the stuff on the on Katie, the little gel, and she puts the little sonogram thing on her. Sonogram, it's not the right word. The It's an audio thing. I don't, so yeah, sonogram. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's not. A, maybe it is a sonogram. I don't fuck, know what I don't the fuck know, it whatever. is. Whatever. Show notes. And, you know, there's headphones and there's, you know, splitter, so, like, the mom and dad and the kid can hear them. And Harry's got his headphones in, and they keep falling out of his ears. And he's like, they keep falling out. I said, hold them in your ears. And they keep falling out because he's not holding them in his ears. And I'm like, listen to what I'm saying. Hold them in your fucking ears, you dipshit. So he eventually gets figures out like, oh, if I hold them in my ears, like they Daddy stay said. in my fucking ears, right? Like Daddy said. And Katie's listening to it so she can find the right spot for the baby, and I'm listening to it. And I eventually back off and just let Katie and Harry have this discussion of finding the best place on Katie's, because you know the babies move around. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I sat back. And I made this note to myself, like, just watch them. Just watch yeah. Harry listen to his baby brother inside of his, of his mother. Yeah. Like, the process. And enjoy this moment, because I will never... 
see I mean, this again. I mean, we might listen to, I'm sure we'll listen to the baby again. We'll yeah, do, but the, no, we'll do this the is, same kind of thing, but like, I will never yeah. have this again. Like, these are moments. These are the moments to, to hold that on to. I will never man. have again. That's it. And I didn't bother taking photos or video of it because, well, that's important. So Harry can see. Yeah. And so the baby, not, so the baby can but see. But you like, needed look at it us. to experience it in real time. Yeah. And I try, and I, I think this is a trick of the writer or of the, you know, the creative. You know, one of the best advi- best pieces of advice I got when I was getting married was on your wedding day, take a moment to slow down, step away, and recognize what's happening. Because everybody's yes. there for you, and it's... And I did just that. And I... The best moment of my wedding was when I walked away from all of it, and I stepped out into the field and looked down on the, the party happening, went... And I was... Yeah, I was taking a piss, but whatever. But like, but you had a moment where all these people are here for me and for Katie and for individually and for us to get like that's massive. So I I try really hard to take these moments, take these beats, and pause in in the spastic screenplay of life. I fuck. I David, don't know. It, David. David, you are so lazy. You're so, so fucking lazy. lazy. I know. Because because you're a writer, and these are the moments you should be writing about. I know. Not John Diffie, not all this bullshit you like to write. Write about this. Because I'm telling you, this is the stuff that 25 years from now, you will be fucking proud you wrote. You're 100% right. But the problem, and this, this is what I'm... Like, this right here is the root of the problem, is why... Because I know that. But why, when I sit down to do it, am I just too fucking exhausted? And it's like such work to sit down and type out every fucking letter of every word for every sentence. And I... I, I, It's obviously... It's not physical energy. Because how hard is it to type? It's the emotional drain of what I'm putting into it. And realizing that what I'm writing is for my children to remember me by, for what my wife will recognize me. I don't. And I know, and God damn it, we've been through this so many times, and I have to get past this. But also, I've accepted your statement. This is my midlife crisis. Number one, Meta removes 1.6 billion fake accounts. I I hope it doesn't hurt the bottom line. I guess that's good for PR. I don't feel like that's gonna better Meta. Like I just don't trust Meta. Like they removed 1.6. What'd you say? Million or billion? Billion. Billion. They had so, almost 2 billion Jesus. fake accounts on there. How many people are and on had, this planet? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Seven, seven, 7 billion. 7 billion. I think so. I don't fucking know. I think so. I've done the math. I mean... I think it, it's 7 it billion. It just goes to show how... How awful and welcoming Facebook is to... Meta. Facebook is to meta bullshit and how <laughs> slow it is to respond to it. And let me just say this. I, I don't think I told you this. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, the, like the last ex-girlfriend. Sure. Brie. Yeah, I know. I've heard about Brie. We've, we've heard their stories. She's an attorney for meta. She has a career built on labor and employment where she was she was always she was always the, the, the employer's attorney. So when like if and I'm I'm making this up, I don't have any specific examples, but uh so at risk of 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 of, of slander here, uh you know, if there was a, 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 a case against the company, a big company. If- 
If DuPont was being sued for leaving groundwater filled with poison, she would be the she well, would be was, the bad guy attorney it was like my, that Mark Ruffalo has to combat in court. It, it was more like you know my 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 boss wouldn't let me take time off for my mom's cancer or whatever like whatever the fuck like wouldn't wouldn't give me the uh, how much the, fucking time do you need off for your mom's cancer? Come on, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's give our mom's cancer and let's fucking put this to the test. I don't want to give my. But mom she cancer, was defending. My point is that she That's defended. Crazy. She defended the big, the big baddies. Yeah, exactly. And, so and she's often, bad guy. She's she a would bad say guy. to me, she would come home and she's like, "I feel terrible for doing this. Let's go spend this evil money on something nice for us." And I'm like, "Okay." So we'd go out for like a three hundred dollar dinner. I'm like, Ugh. which is not really, which which is really not the karma she's no. she's experiencing. Yeah, if she so now she and works for Meta. Gave the money to some poor kid, she or, works or, for or Meta like and went like, and paid well, for the guy that had to take off time for his mom's cancer. Maybe then she would get some. And know. she she tells my buddy who's still friends with her parents. She's like, "Yeah, you know, it's a terrible company, but you know, I make good money." Like the rationalization is rationalization is the problem with all of humanity. That's it. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's what we I'm, do. I'm sure. It's what we do. Uh, Number so two. I don't know. Yeah, go on. Yeah. John Fetterman wins the Democratic oh. primary in Pennsylvania despite having a stroke. What a fucking guy, this guy. So he was lieutenant I love this governor, guy. which means, and I believe... He's a badass. He is the most awesome of all awesome. And in, in, in many states, you don't... Like the, the lieutenant governor is, is the vice principal or the vice president, yeah. right? The vice yeah. governor. It's a but it is not a dual ticket thing like it is when you know we don't vote for Trump and get Pence or vote for Biden and get yeah. uh It's a se- it's a separate ticket. Yeah, it's a separate ticket. The state likes Fetterman. And the oh, state God should like right. Fetterman because Fetterman everybody, is a badass Everybody with a brain yeah. likes Fetterman. Even Republicans like Fetterman even though he's very very liberal. He is just one mother. He's a big ball. He's looks smart. like a fucking bouncer he's in a reasonable. strip club. Yeah, and he's smart as shit. I love John Fetterman, and I he think... won the Democratic primary, but overwhelmingly, despite the fact that he had a fucking stroke last he had a week. Stroke. He had a stroke, and they they still voted. Thank you, shit. And I I worry about and him. And he's going to win think... the state. And I, I it's in one of my six things. But like the future of the Democratic Party is this John Fetterman because he is. He is neither centrist nor That's is he right. progressive. He is right That's, in the middle of centrist and progressive, whatever the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. Centric. That's what I am. He he's yeah. where I'm at. He's, he's where, where we are. At. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. But so that's great. But will people glom on to his health and whatever else? I I don't know. But I think it's he is a cool, great dude, and that he, is a fantastic. Let's put it this way. Fetterman is so popular in Pennsylvania, he could die and still get elected governor of, of Pennsylvania. So I love that. Number yeah, three. well, you know what? That happened to uh, John Ashcroft when he ran for Senate. So, yeah, and, I know. Yeah, and he and yeah. John Ashcroft lost to the dead guy. Yeah. But John Ashcroft got so like a lot of fucking good that does if he so dies. It works. So don't yeah. die, Fetterman. Number three, Tucker Carlson and the great replacement conspiracy theory look there was a time <laughs> and I, I remember I remember this time very well it was in the early 2000s when I thought who is that potentially half and maybe well no certainly half and Potentially fully retarded, thirty-something-year-old, with his dad's haircut and his grandfather's his bow, tie. bow tie. Yep. Trying to be a grown-up. Oh, it's Tucker Carlson. Okay, whatever. And then he became a real fucking problem. Tucker Carlson is the most unapologetic. Yep. Anti-Semite, misogynistic, racist since David Duke. He is maybe promoted. since Adolf Hitler. The, and I'm not trying the to guy, be hyperbolic here, but Jesus the, fucking Christ! The guy in Buffalo, New York, who shot up the black people in the tops, um, promoted you know in, in his 180. And I have to say, I'm a little jealous. He promoted Tucker Carlson's diary. That's what he no. did. No, well, well, what, what's funny is I'm a little jealous of the of the mass shooter because man. <laughs> 
He wrote 180 pages. God damn, that's yeah. a lot of pages. Yeah, that's commitment. I, you know, I can't do that. Commitment. Not I, in one I'm, sitting. I'm no a way. good. I mean, to your words, I'm a good writer, yeah. and I'm not punching out that. 180 shit. pages. Jesus Christ! Yeah. But Tucker Carlson has day, promoted. I'm, I'm successful. But I, I read this that Tucker Carlson has promoted the great replacement conspiracy that white people are being replaced for one reason or another by people that are not white. 400 times yeah. on his program. Jesus Christ. What a fucking tool. Here's the... I was talking about talking about this with Katie uh, this morning. Again, we have a lot of conversations. Which is good for a marriage. Is I mean, it Dana done? Because con- you had a lot well, of conversations. Well, Dana and I had... We had a lot of conversations, too. They were all lies, yeah. but, uh, you know, okay. But I said the thing about this replacement theory is like I understand where it comes from that naturally the whole point of the United States of America is to allow people bring us your masses your huddle masses your poor blah 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 whatever the fuck it is that that old lady liberty says eventually white people were not going to be the the majority they were going to be either the Sub majority or the minority gives a shit. Or equality. Who gives a shit? Bring people in. So yeah, okay. But the idea of replacement theory—that just as an example—it's not a theory. One, it's a cons- this is like it's one not a theory. It. It's a conspiracy. It's not a theory. No, it's one, a conspiracy. One third of that conspiracy is that the Jews are taking oh, over. Here's the thing about the Jews: they already took over. Why, no, are we, why are no, we even having that conversation? No, they haven't <laughs> taken over. They are diminishing, and they have been diminishing for decades. Well, yeah. Through that's... everybody not giving a shit about religion or the marriage thing. Like, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't fucking hold up in court. And, of course, court doesn't fucking matter because what holds up in court, Johnny and Amber, doesn't fucking matter. Alito doesn't fucking matter. Like, it... It's all insanity. Tucker Carlson is a racist, hateful, anti-democratic. I don't want to call him a fascist or a Nazi because I don't think that's accurate. Nor do I want to give him the credit of being as good as Hitler or Himmler or Eichmann. Hitler was a uh, time man of the year one year, 1938. Yeah. And T- Eichmann was a brilliant... I mean, I, he might be like Eichmann, like because Tucker Carlson works. That is a or Goebbels, 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 not Eichmann. Goebbels, Goebbels, yeah. yeah. I yeah, get my yeah. Nazis mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Number four, Finland and Sweden join NATO. I don't get it. I don't. What? Why is NATO like a fucking velvet rope club in Las Vegas that you because... have to like get? Because yes. because if the Russians attack your country and you're part of NATO, all of NATO has to go to war against Russia. That's but why. Why now and why not earlier? Like, oh, you guys aren't... Because they're afraid. They're afraid of fucking Russia. Russia's right there at their border and ready to take them over. But if you join the majority yeah. of superpowers... Yeah, I know. It's just it's I'm it's a weird it. it's a weird high school politic thing for me. I That's don't exactly what it is. It's very World War One, is what it feels to me like. It feels very World War One, well, pre World War One, before we knew what World War was. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, before the Great War. Yeah, that's what it feels it's, like. It's Number weird. five, Airbnb now has added to their services castles and tree houses. Honestly, Don, I don't fucking care. Isn't that the whole point of Airbnb? What do you want to? What do? You, where do you want to stay? Here, there you go. There's I want to stay in a tree, I, dude. You, if, you want a treehouse? You want a clubhouse? You want a fucking mansion? You want a castle? You want a fucking mattress outside of a dumpster? Go for it. There you go. Here, give us the money. Fuck off. Okay, great. It. There you go. All right. It gives people a place Fair to enough. rest their heads. We all need a place to rest our heads. All right, I think that's fair. And number six. By a margin of two to one, Americans on social media are vastly more interested in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial than they are Roe v. Wade being overturned. Yeah. Yeah. And here's why. 
because I found I found myself because I could give I I could not find a fuck small enough to give about Amber and Johnny a week ago. But this week I'm like, ooh, that's something I could read about. It's a distraction that is absurd and oh, pointless yeah. and yes. fucking pointless. Yeah. Everything else that's in the news is so weighted and it's heavy dire. and impactful and dire to our real life. Johnny and Amber doesn't fucking matter. Shit. Yeah. So we. Of course we care about it. My first scene this week is a, uh, it's a, it's a do. Well, it's a don't. Don't get married on our kids. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's a read. It's in Politico. It is, uh, an opinion, but it's interesting because I, I didn't know this, um, so it's by Aziz Hook. He teaches law at the University of Chicago, and he's the author of The Collapse of Constitutional Remedies. <gasps> Heavy shit. Uh, Samuel Alito, one angry man. The conservative Supreme Court justice is yes. furious with the pace of social change and poised to do something about it on Roe and much more. And it paints Alito, based on the facts of his rulings and his opinions, of what a right-wing... A hateful, narrow-minded motherfucker he actually is. And I would... This is not okay for a judge on the right wing, nor is it okay for a judge on the left side of things, just for the record. It's just a bad... Yeah, bad model. All right, that's good. I read that, and I agree with you. My first thing is a watch. And speaking of, like, stuff that doesn't matter but feels better to watch than the fucking news of mass shootings everywhere and all that stuff... I'm going to suggest that people watch Sandra Bullock and Chenin, Chenin Tating, Chate, whatever his name is, in The Lost City. It oh my is God. adorable. It's adorable. It's so cute and I, funny. I don't remember what movie I was at with Katie where we watched, the preview came out, and I turned to her and I said, this looks like a movie I never want to see, but I totally want to see it. you got to see it. it. It's so hysterical. fun. It is and really funny. Casted for the Shannon, chemistry of Shannon exactly Tatum what it is, is yeah. so goddamn funny, and one of my favorite bits. And I'm just going to give it. I don't want to give it away, but he plays sort of like a figure model. He's like a he's a model for the character that she writes. These sort of like uh, he he's the, the Fabio, the Fabio. Yeah, he's he's like the Fabio. Yeah, but when she gets kidnapped, and I'm not going to give it any of the details, he calls his his yoga instructor. Who is Brad who Pitt? Who's Brad Pitt? And I'm oh, telling you, that is oh, some Brad funny fucking shit. Yeah. I'm telling you, and, and it's not just a cameo, because he's on screen yeah. quite a bit, but I'm, the, the byplay between he and Channing Tatum is so fucking funny. I had to back up. I laughed so hard. So That movie Lost was City, stupid fun. Yeah, okay. It is really fun. I highly recommend it. It will take your mind off all of the, the woe of the world. I, I, I absolutely recommend it. So my second thing is, uh, it's out of Rolling Stone. It's by Kara Vaught. Do Democrats finally have their answer to Trumpism? John Fetterman is neither a centrist nor a progressive. He's a vibe. And he just won a Senate Democratic He's primary a vibe. in the He's a vibe. It's yeah. true. Well, and he is. I love that guy. And here's the thing is, uh, <coughs> you know, the major headline, the main headline, because there's so many fucking, it, the way that, you know, the internet clickbait works is you have like, Several headlines and several headlines. Yeah. But do Democrats finally have their answer to Trumpism? My answer to that is no. Fetterman has to fight tooth and nail. Every tooth and nail. That guy is he and he fights consistently and every because day on Twitter Fetterman, and on yeah, he's great. Fetterman is nuance. And the problem mm -hmm. with the Democrats is they refuse to eat the nuance and understand the nuance. And the problem with the right and the conservatives and Republicans is that they won't even bother trying the nuance. It's like fucking beets on your plate, on yeah. your dinner plate. And yep. Fetterman, well, I fucking hate beets. I keep trying them, though. 
waiting for the moment where my I hate my beats. Changes. I hate beats. I, I hate I'm beats. I'm waiting for it every every couple months. I will try beats. Waiting for like oh I there it is. Always hate beats. Nope. Yeah. Fuck fuck beats. Fuck but beats. But is not the answer. It is not in fuck Rolling Stone for posing that question and this idea. Well, see, I think that, the, like, ans- oh, the answer is, is we fixed it. We've got our Trump. Well, there's fuck another off. article. There's another article, and I'm not recommending, but there's another article. Basically, says that the the key to Democrats Democrats winning is be more fucking interesting. And that's what John Fetterman is. He's interesting. Yes. And that is, it's and not the answer to Trumpism. He's just interesting. And if they Trump can be more is interesting, interesting. And Trump well, fair, was that's interesting. Fair. That's why we, all of us, all of us, that's why the Women's March, I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. That the Women's yeah. March that I attended in 2017 in Washington. Well, and it happened everywhere, but I went to the one in yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking... But, 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 but what's what are we marching for? Oh, it's because Trump said, "Grab by the pussy," all this other nasty and Trump's piece of shit. I'm not defending. I'm not saying that like Women's March was fucking no, useless he, and pointless. But it kind of was useless and pointless. Let's put it this way: given the fact that right now, to this idea, right now we're ideas. arguing about whether or not whether or not abortion is legal or not, pretty much that, that march sense. was pointless. Yeah, well, sure. But when pretty you pointless. march to the idea... Big man shit. When you march to the idea of ideas, it doesn't make sense. And Trump is brilliant by accident or by his own design. I'm not sure. I really am not. Who knows? Doesn't matter. I think it's by accident, but... Because he's, he, he's Roy, done Roy Cohn was... Roy Cohn was his mentor. I don't think it decades. was by accident. He's decades of Trumpism. Of look, Vogue wrote about him. SNL yeah. had him as a host, and now all of them are like, "No, Trump's fucking whatever it is, good for him. He fucking did it, and he's winning. He continues to win." My second thing is another watch. It's on Showtime. Um, it is a remake, but with such, it's so fucking smart. Mm, and I've actually, I've actually only seen two episodes because only two episodes have dropped. But it is, it's one of the best things I've seen on television in a long time. And I like my TV. It is the man who fell to earth. Oh, okay. This shit is smart. It's weird. It's, it's you know, it's 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 a it's a, a remake of the Man Who Fell to Earth, um, with a remake, David Bowie. Uh, what, what, the, it's a reboot of that idea of of an alien coming down yeah. and I mean, and just like coming, set it for listeners that might not know. Or the well, I mean, it's it's ba- it's it, I mean, it's it's basically uh, it's it's basically an alien who comes to Earth. He has no choice. His his world is dying. He comes to Earth. Well, not you know, there is definitely some of that. But if you if you're familiar with the David Bowie film, The Man Who Fell to Earth, you'll understand a little bit more why this is, and, and that's something. Yeah, eh, it's more like Starman, but okay, I'll give you that. Um, but it is Star it Wars. is really. Sure, Jeff Bridges when he was uh, that's Obi-Wan. Tron. Tron, there you go. He was in Tron. Um, anyway, um, the man who fell to Earth, Showtime. I can't wait to watch the rest of it. I highly recommend it. That is my second thing. My third thing is another watch on HBO Max or HBO, whatever. I, like I don't even know what the differentiation. Yeah, who cares? Is, yeah. Same uh, thing. Have I, have I done this before, Barry? Hmm. Season three is back. You, you have you have I, uh, you have done do this, this last before. Week? You've done you've done Barry. I don't know if it was last week, but you've done Barry. I still haven't watched it, but I'm going to. It's on my, now. It is officially because have you, you watched, recommended it. Have you watched season one or two? I've never watched oh, Barry. Dog, I've never watched Jesus, any of Barry, so I'm going to watch Barry. Hell. Yeah, so I'm going to watch Barry. Is yeah, such. Ah, uh, so the third season so far has been. Fine. I've heard. I've heard it's not been the best season. I've heard it's been a little disconnected. It's it's fine. I feel like they were like, oh shit, we got to do a third season. All right, let's figure it out. You know, sort of like Dexter. Yeah, it, it, a little it turned, like it, Dexter. It, it yeah, it turned a page. It turned a page. But to that to point, shit. the acting and the directing is so incredible. 
And but the first two seasons, if you haven't seen them, like, it's right, great. I'm and gonna watch them. Noho the Hank, the character Noho Hank, uh, yeah. played by um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Kerrigan, who was the only thing I know him from is other than Barry as Noho Hank, was uh, Smallville's uh, Lex Luthor. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know exactly who he is. Maybe the best. And if not the best, certainly my one of my favorite, like TV characters, like All right. Sam Malone, Noho Hank, Walter White, uh, Gus Fring, so you, like. So you like you like Walter White better than Jesse Pinkman? I think Jesse Pinkman was fun. No, no, I don't. Thank you for catching me on that. No, yeah, Pinkman. yeah, and way you know, more Kim, interesting. Uh, Kim Wexler from uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll... Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah, yeah. I agree like, with a that. Great, like, complicated, weird characters. Yeah. All right. I'm going to watch it. It's on my list. And then my final and third thing is... And Skyler White Alyssa. over, over oh, Walter, yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Always. Um, my third thing, I, I discovered this when I was driving from uh, Glenwood Springs, Colorado to Las Vegas. And uh, I needed... I, I listened to all the fucking heavy metal I could... And uh, and needed and needed to listen to something uh, of people talking, and it's uh, it's a it's season four. I haven't listened to the first season, first three seasons, but season four of Counterclock. Mm. It's a podcast, and this season four is about the murder. It's a it's an investigative reporter who does like these long deep dives into unsolved mysteries, and this is about a guy, a kid, seventeen year old kid. Who is found by his his mother, his friend, and his step uncle? He went out to to. They live out in the middle of nowhere, and they uh, he he was dumping garbage, and he was found. They thought initially drowned, like he was drowned in a, a creek, but then the medical examiner found that he was shot in the eye with a bullet that was oh, lodged Jesus. in his brain, and. Then they found, and so it's literally, and she goes back to like the court transcripts and the actual uh, cassette tape recordings of the uh, interrogation of the witnesses. This is one fucked up story. And it it indicates, I mean, I haven't haven't finished it yet, but it is, it's one of the most bizarrely entertaining stories. And really, it's one of those things, it's sort of like the antithesis. I remember when I was uh, working for WBEZ and we did this event where we got these major scientists from Northwestern University. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, the, what, I, what I posited to them is I want you to pick a piece of pop culture that you either think absolutely is true based on your scientific expertise or is complete horseshit. And like I had a like I had a woman who studied brain trauma, and she picked the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Ooh. and said, "Yeah, that that's possible." Oh, so really? So that, but I also had a guy who was uh, a, a genetics expert. He was a like a like one of the leading. I mean, he was like a a, a, a consultant on Gattaca. You know, I mean, this guy <laughs> this guy knows his shit. And what he wanted to point out is what horseshit CSI was. You know how that how how the science isn't even close to that kind of shit. This is like the antithesis of anything CSI because it shows you how completely backwards, swamped, and unprepared for real crime the police department, at least in this particular town, was. And wow. it is fascinating. It is it's called Counterclock. I cannot recommend it enough. Season four is all about the death of John Wells. It's Fucked up, man. It is really seriously fucked up. Now, have they tried giving the police tanks? I don't think that would have helped. Assault rifles? No, this is about basic powers of observation and not making assumptions based well, on uh, what they think. How are they, they going to stop crime without weapons, Don? Well, I think they can probably manage. How but, are they uh, going to stop crime without weapons, Don? Watch Robert Downey Jr. and Sherlock Holmes and you can figure it out. All you have to be able to do is oh my God. fight in slow motion. I forget that's a movie people can see. It's a great movie. Is it? Both of them. 
I think both of them are fun. I I love both of those guys. The thing is, they're both very funny. Um, I love Robert Downey Jr. um, And I love him in characters that aren't Tony Stark. And uh, my dad was watching. (laughs) Talk about Robert Downey Jr. You know, because I'm at home. And dad just sits and watches TV because he's on dialysis three times a week. And all he can really do is sit in a fucking chair and watch TV. I walk in and I sit down. I've been typing. I've been working on some stuff. And then I came in and I heard that he was watching some TV. So I sat down and he's watching U.S. Marshals. Oh. And I'd forgotten that Robert Downey Jr. is the bad guy. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This is like a young Robert Downey Jr. before before Iron Man. Fucking A. Like... That's awesome. Hype of the drug addiction before he yeah, fell off. Yeah, 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 right. Done for, and this is, yeah, before, and it's, before and it's, time, it's John Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Yeah, and it's before Tommy Lee Jones' face looked like a dried riverbed. And oh, uh, I'm like, Tommy. Yeah. I love him. He was great. So, uh, no, Counterclock. Listen to Counterclock. That, my friend, is the episode that we are releasing. And uh, any last words that you have for our lovely audience? I'm just going to go and hug my wife and kid and puppies and remind myself and hug myself and remind myself that adventure exists in any form I put it in, including putting a gun in my mouth. And if it makes you feel any better at all, and I know it won't. No, I'm not doing that. The, I'm not going to kill. No, this is not my no, suicide if, letter. Jesus. If it, you know, if it makes you feel any better, but I know it won't make you feel better. One of the things I realized on my road trip back from uh, Colorado to Vegas was... I feel there was a period when I graduated college and I went to live with my mom and then I said, fuck this shit. I can't live with my mom after being a college graduate. I'm going to get in my car and I'm just going to drive until I find the place I want to live. And I landed in Chicago, lived in my truck for four months and then lived there for 30 years. Hmm. I feel right now in my life with my whole life exploding, (laughs) bless you, I feel exactly the same way that right now I have limitless possibilities. I can do anything I want and it's going to be at least better than what I was in. So I'm going to, uh, so yes, I am completely autonomous. Grass is always greener. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's the episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apecast anywhere. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You name it, you can find us. Listen, recommend it. I'm doing that like official. Like it's, We have that. That's in the can. Why are you doing that? I know. Well, I just got to like to do it because it's kind of fun. Oh, then listen to us in your butthole. Listen to us in your butthole. Yeah. We're in Is your, that what you just your, said? We're in your brain, we're in your heart, we're in your butthole. So now that is actually going to be the title of this podcast. Listen to us Don't, in uh, your butthole. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, the, I'm probably drunk. I don't know. I know you're drunk, and, uh, and that's okay. My life is hard. I have a lot of That's money. the show. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.